and it is super much. Everyone say super much. Super much. Uh, an example of what this means uh, would be, you know, for instance, this morning, he comes in really early before my alarm, as he usually does, <laughs> and he says, Dad, I just really, really, really want to sleep in your bed super much. I'm like, you know, how can I say no to that? You know, or, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm so hungry super much. That kid, is, anyone else have toddlers that it's just like, <laughs> they keep eating, so I'm terrified for when he's a teenager, you know? It's like, how? Anyways, he's four years old. How is this happening? Uh, or my favorite one, the one that just literally melts my heart. Dad, I love you super much. And he, he just like, he says that on his own. And so it's just like, oh, amazing. But when I think about super much, I think of a verse. For God so loved the world super much. He does. Amen. So let's look at it. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's, that's good news, right? Now listen, this is obviously like a nice Christian staple of a verse. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone in this room either knows it by heart or has heard it at least one time in their life. Uh, it's a well-known verse. But have you ever thought about the implications of that opening line? For God so loved the world. And how illogical and ridiculous and incredible that is. The whole world? Like, it doesn't say, God so loved parts of the world. Or better yet, it doesn't say, God so loved those who would love him back. That would be what I would say, right? (laughs) Well, I'm not going to waste my love on people, so I'm just going to love those who I know will love me back. right? But no, it says, God loved the whole world in its entirety. Unconditional love. That blows my mind. What, What about bad people? Right? Well, that's a funny thing to say. Let's stop right there for a second. If, if this church was only open to good people, it wouldn't be open. Amen? We've even had down on our sign before by the road, no perfect people welcome because there are no such things. So if you think you are, you in denial. Right? But man, what about those who flaunt their evil or deny God to his face? Even those people? Wow. And then take it a step further. Let's look deeper for it in a moment. God, who knows everything, who is outside of time and space, he knows what's going to happen before it happens. And although I can't fully explain or understand this part, he knows who will receive him and who will reject him. Yet, it says, God so loved the world. That blows my mind. That's an incredible love. That is a super much love. Amen? Super much. Isn't that just fun to say? God so loved the world super much. Well, I want to show you uh, real quick this picture of Silas. We'll talk about it in a minute. But look how cute he is. He's, he's asleep on the ground. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But he's just awesome. Um, but uh, I, have, um, I have two boys, Silas, who's four, Ezra, who's one. And we actually have one in the oven. We have one on, on the way in October. So that's fun. That's really exciting. Um, don't know if it'll be the three amigos or if God's going to, like, totally wreck our world and give us a girl. But either way, I'm really, really excited. Um, but I'll tell you, being a dad, I've learned so much. Um, well, you can put the period there. Yes, <laughs> I've learned so much. But I've learned so much about God's heart 
from my own kids. Like, it's amazing how a four-year-old can teach me something new every day about God. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. And as I'm thinking about this, it's like, wow, God so loved the, the whole world. He gave his only son. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we were doing this series on Jesus, and one of my youth leaders came up to me, and he, we had a conversation, and it really got my gears turning as a dad. So Jesus is God, right? Jesus is also God's son. He's, so he's part of the Trinity, three in one. Jesus is God. So really, John 3, 16 could say, God so loved the world that he gave himself. But So why is the focus on one and only son? Like, that's what we look at. And so it could have read, God so loved the world that he gave himself. But no, it says one and only son. So the reason I have this picture up is to tell you about this experience I had. Um, this was, I guess, a little over a month ago. We took a group of our teenagers um, to this weekend kind of revival type of thing. And it was amazing, man. God was moving. The, the worship band was going. People are experiencing God's presence. Um, and then, you know, maybe you've been in this situation before where there's, there's just an amazing spiritual atmosphere happening, but you just aren't really feeling it. You know what I'm talking about? It's like people next to you are crying. People are praising God. And I'm standing here, and, and the reason being that I'm holding my four-year-old because he has fallen asleep on me. Um, and then, you know, Brooke has our one-year-old. And so I'm just not really feeling the moment. So it's a totally unspiritual experience for me at this point. But I'm happy that everyone else around me is experiencing God. But I'm holding Silas, and I'm thinking to myself, man, this kid is heavy. Like, man, like, my already tired arms are, like, about to give out. Now, I know that's hard for you to, re- like, like, believe. Guns like this, like, how could they get tired? But, <laughs> but I'm holding him, and I'm like, man, this, this boy is heavy. I'm about to lay him on the ground, you know. And as you can see, we laid some coats down, so he had a nice little, you know, cot there. But I'm holding him, and then my thoughts switch to, man, he, he's getting heavy. Man, he's growing up fast. Man, I'm so proud of him. Man, I love him so much. Gosh, this is my boy. This is my son. Yeah. And then, th- this is incredible what happens next. So, again, I'm, I'm surrounded by people who are experiencing God's presence. The worship team is going. I'm just not really feeling it, but it's partially because these guns are tired, okay? And so, I, I lay him down. And as I'm kneeling to lay him down, the Spirit of God just sweeps over me, and I just start to cry. Out of nowhere, like it was so unexpected. Now, it wasn't one of those like little like quiet cries, you know. It was one of those ugly face cries, like, you know, and, like the shoulders start bouncing, you know. And I was like, what's happening right now? Why am I crying? And I, and I lay him down. And as I'm kneeling there, I feel the Holy Spirit just speak to me. And he says, can you imagine how I felt when I laid my son down to the earth? <laughs> And man, in that moment, I just, I, I knelt there so in awe of God, so overwhelmed by his love. And I'm looking at my son. I, after that moment, I stood up and took a picture so I could remember this. But I was just like, man, the love that I have for that kid. I mean, no one loves him more than I do. <laughs> and, and my wife, Brooke. I mean, I love him so much. Yet my love pales in comparison to the perfect love of God the Father. And yet, he laid him down for the world. Wow. And I had this whole new realization 
of God's love for me and for people. And it rocked my world. He made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Amen? Like, let's look at that verse real quick. It's just, it's an amazing one. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. Wow. That, my friend, is love super much. Amen? That is love super much. So maybe you've heard the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Anyone heard that one? Maybe you felt that about yourself. I'm a good person. Why does this crap happen to me? You know, Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, listen, the fact is that has only been true one time in history. The worst thing happened to the best person. The Son of God was crucified for our sin. Other than that, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? So this tells me something really, really important. Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love for us. Demonstration. In other words, God is showing us his love by showing us Jesus. And that's amazing to me. Like, that, that's mind-blowing. Let's look at Romans 5, 6 through 8. That's where that phrase comes from. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. God loved us so much that even while we were still screwing up majorly, (laughs) completely covered in the filth of our own sin, Christ died for us. In other words, God didn't look down and see a people who had it all together, who were living right, and who were deserving of that sacrifice. And then he said, okay, they deserve my son Jesus. No, he looked down and saw people with a great need. He saw sinners in need of a Savior. Amen? That's love super much. Now, this also tells me something pretty amazing, and this is so freeing, so I pray that you hear this today. Jesus isn't interested in condemning your past. He wants to rescue your future. Okay, so three people said amen on that, and that's the greatest news we could ever hear. Jesus isn't interested in condemning your past. He wants to rescue your future. Amen? Now think about this for a second. A lot of times, we feel like we need to clean ourselves up before coming to God. We got to get all of our ducks in a row before coming to God. But God is saying, hey, listen, don't clean yourself up. Let me do that. Forget about the ducks. Just come to me as you are. God loves you super much, so much to take you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you as you were. Amen? And that is the demonstration of his own love, Jesus. Wow. It's incredible, isn't it? I love reading in the Gospels, just about different things that happened with Jesus and to Jesus and through Jesus. Uh, and a lot of those times, there's a lot of comedy in the Gospel, which I love. Um, and Brooke and I, we have an audio Bible 
in our in our car, and uh, and it's just kind of cool. It's a different kind of audio Bible. It's a hip hop Bible, uh, so it has like a beat behind the verses. I know it sounds ridiculous, like Genesis. You know, God made man, and He put him in the Garden of Eden and told him what and what not to be eaten. You know, <laughs> but uh, just a little preview of my upcoming. No, I'm joking. Um, it's not quite like that, but there is a beat. And uh, it's just kind of cool. Like, it's narrated. It's not like the typical Morgan Freeman narration, but it's narrated, and it's really, really neat. Uh, but something happened. We were listening to the Gospel of John, and we realized something. Sometimes when you hear something, you realize it differently than when you read it. And so we're listening to the Gospel of John, and we realized there were so many moments when Jesus was in the middle of this situation where he really, really made people mad, the religious people, and he really ticked people off so much so that it says that they, they rised up against him and tried to arrest him. Or they, they were about to throw stones at him. Or they pushed him to the edge of town. But each time it says he passed right through untouched. How does, the, how does that make sense? Like, let's look at a couple of these because this is amazing to me. And again, there's a point to this. Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love for us. Right, so look, let's look at this real quick. Luke four twenty eight through thirty. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious, jumping up. They mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. How does that? What? So a mob large group of people with the intent of throwing you over a cliff, push you to the edge of town. And Jesus just passes right through. Like picture this for a second. Like how did that happen? Did, did time stand still? Like everyone's like, Oh, everyone's mad. And then all of a sudden everyone freezes and Jesus is like, all right, well, I'm going to go on my way. <laughs> like what? Let's look at the next one in John seven thirty, The leaders tried to arrest him. But no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. So multiple people trying to arrest one person, but they couldn't lay a hand on him? <laughs> How does that make sense? Right? Like, did Jesus, like, do, like, a Jedi Jesus trick and say, like, you will not arrest me. I will not arrest you, you know, and then just go on his way? Or, like, did, in that moment, did God kind of make them just kind of dummies? Like, I can't get them, you know? Like, and Jesus just goes on his way, you know? Like, that's amazing to me. And look at this next one, John 8, 58 through 59. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Wow, what a statement, right? At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Picture that one. Grab the rocks. Where'd he go? <laughs> like that's, that's just so incredible. And here's the neat thing. Ten chapters later in John 18 was the next time he said, I am to a crowd. But this time his time had come. They came to arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And they said, we've come for Jesus the Nazarene. He steps forward and says, I am he. And the whole crowd just falls. Like, was there an earthquake? Did their legs just give out? It's incredible, the power of Jesus, right? Now, there's more of these instances, but the reason I wanted to show you this, besides the fact that I think it's just incredible and kind of funny, is that 
When I laid my own son down on the ground, in that moment, when I laid him down, there's people, you know, praising God, walking around, doing different things. I lay him down on the ground, and suddenly my senses are heightened for his well-being. Like, now all of a sudden, if anyone walks within a 10-foot radius of him, I'm like, hey, look out, sleeping baby, what's wrong with you, you know? Like I set up a perimeter, you know? (laughs) There's a child on the ground. (laughs) God knew that Jesus' time had not come, and no one could lay a finger on him if they meant him harm. Amen? And so, just like Jesus, man, temptation, trial, adversity, they're going to rise up against you. You think you're not prone to it? Jesus himself went through it. Hello. So just like Jesus, when that happens, if you are on track with the Lord, you're, you're serving him and living your life to the best of your ability for him, then guess what? You're going to walk just right through. You're going to be untouched because you have his covering. Amen? He loves you super much. And Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love for us. Amen? Man, I love it. I love Jesus, don't you? So it's important to realize that, as we said earlier, Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love. And I wanted to show you guys um, maybe a couple of different uh, examples of this. For instance, we a lot of times think of God as this almighty, all-powerful, very distant superpower holding it all together, which he is, but he is also very close and very personal. And he shows us this through the demonstration of his own love in the person of Jesus. So, Brian, if you can come up, go ahead and play on guitar. And um, we're going to look at just a couple of moments where, yes, God is all-powerful, almighty, holding it all together, but he is very much in the middle of our situations. Amen? And that, my friend, is the demonstration of God's own love. So let's look at a couple of these. John 11, uh, 32 through 44. Pastor Jason talked a little bit about this story a couple weeks ago. Uh, When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out and his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him, let him go. Lazarus was Jesus' friend and Lazarus died. Jesus was away when he got the news and even waited a couple days to come. So when he arrived, he shows up in the middle 
of this situation and he weeps with his friends. It says that he was angry. Like his heart was troubled. In other words, he entered into their emotion and felt for them and felt with them and he wept with them. He was a friend to them. But here's the cool thing. Jesus, he's in the middle of your pain. He's in the middle of your situation. And he wants to be that friend to you. But he's the only friend who can actually step in and do something about it. Amen? Here's another instance that Jesus is very much in the middle. A demonstration of God's own love. Matthew 14, 24 through 25. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Now, the disciples are in the middle of this storm, out on a boat. They're taken in water. It's a crazy situation. And Jesus is walking around on the waves. Like another just amazing thing to just imagine. The neat thing about this is, it says that at first, Jesus was away from them, praying on top of a mountain. But it says that he saw them in trouble. And came down to them in the middle of a storm. Now Jesus is in the middle of the storm with us. Amen? So often we don't realize it because our focus is on the storm. But if we allow this to be a moment where our faith is built, we can overcome any storm of life. Because he is with us. He's in the middle of it with you. Amen? The storms of depression, the storms of anxiety, the storms of life, you can face them all and overcome them all because he's in the middle with you. Because he's the demonstration of God's own love. And he loves you super much. Another instance, Luke 23, 39 through 43, this is when Jesus is hanging on the cross between two criminals. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our cries, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus, in the middle of his own suffering, enters into the middle of of someone who's crying out to him and says, you're going to be with me in paradise today. So he's, he's literally in between, in the middle of two criminals on the cross. But he's also in the middle on the cross between us and God, making a way for us to be in right standing with God the Father. The demonstration of God's own love for us. Amen? And just as we celebrated Resurrection Sunday last week, he's not dead yeah? He's not dead. <laughs> That's exciting. This next passage, I'm, I'm not going to pull it up on the screen, but it's in Luke 24, 13 through 32, if you're taking notes. We see two of Jesus' followers, and they're, they're walking along this road to Emmaus. This is after Jesus was crucified, after he had been buried, and actually the day of his resurrection. So these two Christ followers, uh, they're walking along the road discussing everything that had happened. And then Jesus appears right next to them and just starts walking with them, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize who it was. So they're just strolling down the road. And Jesus says, what are you talking about? You got to read this story, man, when you get home. It's amazing. Jesus says, what are you talking about? And they said, 
the things concerning Jesus and all that happened. And Jesus, <laughs> he says, what things? I love that. It's just so funny. What things? Like he didn't know. And their response was, you must be the only person in all this whole town that don't know what happened to Jesus. He was crucified and, and, and for things that he didn't do, falsely accused, he was buried. And then the women in our group this morning went to the tomb and said that it was empty. And then Jesus takes an opportunity here to explain to them all the prophecies so that they could better understand it. And they walk seven miles to Emmaus. And Jesus is just walking with them. Then they, they get to where they're going. This is my favorite part. They get to where they're going. And it says, Jesus acted as though he was going to keep going. <laughs> like, that's just so funny to me. Like, Jesus is like, all right, well, see ya. And just waiting for the moment, you know. And then they, it says they begged him to stay the night with them. So he's like, well, okay, if you insist, you know. And he went in. They sit down at a dinner table. They're eating. And it says that Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and broke it. And in that moment, their eyes were open to who he was. They realized it was him. But here's, here's the best part. He disappeared. <laughs> like, finally, they realize he's there. Now he's gone. <laughs> like, what? But here's, here's the cool thing. They, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he explained the scriptures? Like, they didn't focus on the fact that he's, he was here one second and now he's gone the next. They were so impacted that he walked with them and was in the middle of their situation. And see, look, they were, they were talking about the things that had happened. In other words, a lot of times, much like us, we'll be walking through life and we'll talk about all the things that had happened, both good and bad. Man, remember that experience with God? Remember when I got saved? Man, remember all that? That was so awesome. Yeah. Not so much anymore, right? All along, Jesus is walking right by our side, and we don't even recognize him. And they didn't recognize him until they invited him into their home, sat down to eat with them. That's when they recognized him. And here's the, the neat part. He disappeared, and they weren't like, oh, well, let's call it a night. He's gone now, and that was cool. Cool experience. Great church service. Let's leave and go home. No, they were so impacted by that moment with Jesus, that it says that late, like they, they stopped walking because it was late. They got up within the hour and went back to Jerusalem. So they went back another seven miles in the dark, all their fear gone, because they were so stoked at what just happened, a transaction with Jesus. Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love for us. And really the theme throughout this message that I hope you're picking up on is, is just that. He loves you so much, super much. So much so that he gave his son Jesus to die while you and I were still sinners. And he didn't stop there. He's in the middle of our situations and he cares. He, he cares. Hebrews 4.15 this shows us how amazing this is. It won't be on the screen, but just, just listen carefully. Jesus is our high priest. And it says that he doesn't sympathize with us. No, he empathizes with us. In other words, he doesn't feel sorry for us. He feels for us. Because he's been there. Because he cares. Because he loves you super much. 
let's close by bowing our heads and uh, closing our eyes. There may be some in this room, as I spoke about how Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love, and we see that by the fact that he loved the world, everybody. Unconditional love. That while we were still sinners, he died for us. And you're sitting in this room right now, and you realize, I need a Savior. There's an emptiness in my heart, and I know right now it can only be filled by that relationship with Jesus. So if that is you, or maybe you have received Christ, but maybe you walked away. You're not living for him right now. Man, let's get things right, right now. Would you just raise your hand if that's you? Let's say that prayer. I see your hand. That's awesome. Anyone else? All of heaven is rejoicing. Anyone else? I see your hand. Awesome. Praise God. So listen, whether you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, or maybe you have, but you're not living for him and you need to get things right, I'm just going to lead a quick prayer, and there's nothing magical about this prayer. My prayer isn't saving you. It's you putting your faith in him. So as I pray, would you say your own prayer? Open up your heart and just invite him in. Jesus, we love you so much, and we truly believe that you lived a perfect life, You died on the cross for us to take away our sin, and you rose again to give us life. Thank you that you are the demonstration of God's love. Help us to do our best to stay on track with you. Give us the strength we need to walk through life knowing you're right by our side, and help us recognize you every step of the way. For everyone else in this room, you can keep your heads bowed. I just want to say a quick prayer over you as we're dismissed, just to say, Sometimes we just need to be reminded, just like that moment where I was holding my four-year-old and I laid him down and I realized, wow, God's love is so huge. And Jesus is the demonstration of that love. May we all be just more aware today of that love. And listen, if you're in the, in the middle of a situation, if you feel like life has just rised up against you on all sides, you feel like stones are being thrown, you feel like things are getting really difficult, just like Jesus, man. Stay on track with God, and you're going to walk right through it, untouched. Keep your eyes on Him. So let's say a prayer together. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you're here in this room. You're right in the middle of our situations, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that you are the demonstration of God's love for us. And you care enough to enter into the middle of our pain, into the middle of our storm, into the middle of our situation. And you're walking right next to us. God, help us recognize you every step. And help us know that you will never leave us or forsake us. Give us the strength we need by the power of your Holy Spirit to walk every day and live every day for you. And pray all these things in your awesome name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. He's good, yeah?